0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast. My name is Chad Snyder alongside track handicapper and clocker Mikey D. About to start the 150th season of Fairgrounds Racing, Mike. And was um, this 75 for you? 80? What is <laughs> <laughs> actually, I,
1: Actually, I was working here back in 1972, so yeah, it's been a
0: while. <laughs> 72, so that was uh, my mask pretty off. That's 40-plus 40, 40 years, man, 40-plus years here at the track thanksgiving back to the traditional opening day it's got to feel good to be back uh seeing the horses work in the morning and knowing that thanksgiving's going to open up things for, for for a good meet here
1: it you know yeah it's different but it looks a little different you know no tote board out there but they got a big screen tv that they're setting up uh so you'll be able to see something you know if you're looking across the infield but uh lo- makes it, it just looks a lot barren compared to what it used to look but uh a lot of horses have been coming in uh each day Bar- uh vans are coming in and then a bunch of horses are. Uh, the first week we were here a couple of weeks ago, you know, when it was very light traffic on the track. Now we're getting a lot of traffic on the track. And, uh, you know, a lot of the big outfits are here. Tom Amos is in town, Al Stall Jr. is in town. <coughs> uh, Brad Cox assistant Ricky was here with working a bunch of horses for Brad Cox. A lot of the big outfits, uh, Asmussen, Ronnie Warner is here with Asmussen's group right now. He's worked a bunch of horses. Brad Calhoun has been working a bunch of horses. So a lot of big outfits getting ready. I think Churchill closes you know, this coming week, right. and once Churchill closes, I think it'll really fill up. And I really think this year our turf racing is going to be really deep. That, that's where we're going to have our strength.
0: Well, we could be happy that there is turf racing because the Jazz Fest pulled out, um, canceled what they had going. So, yeah, the turf racing here, I know there's a bunch of trainers. And, I mean, you could
1: actually say that may have saved the meat. And you know what? I, I think the Jazz Fest canceling like they did this turf course has never looked this good i mean the turf looks absolutely fantastic
0: well on this podcast um we did this podcast a couple of years ago when actually we sat out last year because of covid and um some other difficulties but we're bringing it back this year and what you can expect on this podcast is uh mike and i going through big weekends uh the races we can handicap some races for you guys and also um We'll bring you uh, the latest news and notes, and we're going to do that before the stakes weekends. I also have, um, we'll have some trainers on here, to take you through the barns with some of the top trainers, get their insight on what it takes to win down here in the wintertime and what kind of horses that they have stacked up on their shed rows. Barns like, hopefully, here from Joe Sharp, maybe Brett Calhoun, Dallas Stewart, um, and some relatively new faces, I guess you could say, on the backside, Cherie DeVoe, maybe some Norm Cassie, um, guys like that. So we're looking forward to it for sure. And, um, you know, starting out this meet here. The first few weeks, Mike, in the morning, have you seen anything out there how the track 's playing? I was looking at some of the times in the the workouts. It looks like some of the times on the slow side, but you said the track could be picking up a little bit
1: well, it seemed like they didn 't put a whole lot of water on it uh, the first couple of weeks and so the tur- it was a little bit dull, and you know so the horses weren 't working quite as fast now that rain came in this morning, and the track really speeded up and really looked fantastic after the break and actually. We had three workers before the break, and we had 15 all of a sudden rushing to work after the break because, you know, the, the track looked so good, and we still worked a couple that worked very well.
0: Yeah, let's talk about some of the guys, I guess, who start off hot. And um, it's always been a big part of the, the meet here is, is getting off to a fast start. It seems like the guys who get here early always tend to have that kind of advantage. I remember Tom Amos likes to crack right off the top. Not only that, he likes the windows that Thanksgiving handicap early, Brett Calhoun, Al Stall, and i tell you, one guy who – Always horses His, he must have had five six seven wins, it seems like before Christmas every year was I know a buddy of yours, a buddy of mine, Eddie Johnston who's uh, who's not with us anymore, but Eddie's horses always were hot too, but um talk a little bit about uh, the guys who kind of point for that first couple of weeks of the meet.
1: Well, uh, you know uh, I tell you what Sam David has been getting a lot of horses looked like he's getting them laid up and ready like Sam was waiting to get to this meet. so I think Sam David will be have a force early on. Brian Foshe, bless year's leading trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been working horses regularly. A couple of them look pretty good in the mornings. I think Ron, this is his me too. He's like sure. he's like Tom Amos. He's like Al Stahl. They like to win at the fairgrounds because they got so many local fans and friends. Right. And and if they don't, they hear about it. So, right. you know, Ron will be cracking heavily. And Ron, Ron's been working a lot of horses. Uh, Tom was in town three days this week. Al Stahl's in town. So, you know, that, that means they're keying up, you know, for opening day. And you got, like they said, Saffy Joseph had several horses coming in today. He'll bring some more in later on, so that's a new face that you're looking at. Uh, so it looks like, you know, everything's going good, you know, and I think some of these outfits are, you know, going to be ready to run right off the bat.
0: What's your take on, uh, we we'll are look at the stake schedule. There's um, a nice little addition to the stake schedule this year, if anybody hasn't looked for it, but the day after Christmas on December 26th, the racing office added $200,000 two-turn stakes for two-year-olds, at a mile and a 16th, that's kind of a prelude to the Road to Louisiana Derby. And um, Steve Asmussen's is going to be happy about these races because one's the untappable for two-year-old fillies, and the other one's Gunrunner, uh, the Gunrunner stakes for two-year-old Colts. Kind of an interesting interesting take. A few days before everybody turns three, you're going to run, run these two stakes. I think that's a pretty interesting little, little, little race.
1: That, that's a really big day today after Christmas. And on Sunday, and there's going to be, I think, six or seven stake races. Uh, really, really strong, strong card usually shows up for that day. And I think that's just another thing to give those two year olds one extra shot of prep before they go to the comp, the Risen Star in Louisiana Derby. And so that, that, that fits right in with the schedule.
0: Yeah, I like I like the way they did that and boy, what a start to the stud
1: career for Gun Runner, huh? man. I mean, look for his look him. for his horses popping here because he certainly loved the fairgrounds too. Steve and Scott thought he was going to be a good stallion. <laughs> I don't know if they thought he's going to be as good as he's getting off to, but he's, he's he looks like he's going to be really really popular. He
0: swept the three-year-old series back here in 2016, and obviously he's at Three Chimneys Farm now in Versailles and. Going into this week, I looked it up. He has over 20 winners in his first crop Echo Zulu, Gun Knight, Papa Cap, who's going to be down here in the Marcassi Barn, who's pointing for the Louisiana Derby. He was second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Still crying about losing that race. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I looked at it. Gunrunner covered 168 mares in 2021, and next year he's going up to 125,000 for a stud fee. So um, expect some big things out of Gunrunner. Take, take a couple looks at those horses who are the babies coming from, uh, from Gunrunner stock. Um, okay, well, we'll come right back here. We're going to uh, handicap the card here for you the first week. We'll go through some main special weight races and obviously the stakes, the ha- Thanksgiving handicap, and also the Joe Ray Peluso stakes and the Bob Wright as also this week. So let's uh, take a break. We'll come right back, and we'll uh, dab into the card here for Thanksgiving week here at the Fairgrounds on the Fairgrounds Ra- Racing Podcast. Back here in the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast, Chad Chexner alongside Mike Deliberto. And Mike, Thanksgiving Day, we're opening up, and uh, we're going to look at the 5th, 7th, 8th, and ninth races on the car. And it looks like, from a weather perspective, it looks to be pretty good. Thursday might be the the chance of rain comes through. There's a cold front coming in. Um, Friday and Saturday look really good. Um, Thursday, we may get some rain, so we'll we'll see. I don't think I'll try to definitely keep those races on the turf. And um, one note to pass along, too, post-time on Thanksgiving Day will be at noon. The last post is at 4.15. There's nine races Thanksgiving. Um, maybe they ended a little bit earlier, I think. The Saints play at home Thanksgiving night. Um, but a lot of people are losing interest in our Saints right now. and um, They didn't come off. That Eagles game yesterday was pretty tough. But um, Friday and Saturday post times at 1.05, and that's going to be the standard post time. There's nine races on Friday, 10 race card on Saturday, and there's nine races on Sunday. So um, let's get into it here. The fifth race oh, on Thanksgiving Day opening up, there's a maiden special weight and uh, it's for uh, open bait and special weight for Colts here. Nice race, mile and a 16th, it's two-year-olds, and I think people want to know, this is what we try to help you with, try to identify maybe some of these horses that we've seen and maybe around the country at Churchill, but also a lot of these first-time starters that are coming in. Um, Mike can tell you a little bit about the works and how they look and we'll give you some breeding maybe on some of these horses too, but this fifth race, it's a pretty good race, and you made Walhalla a 7-5 morning line favorite.
1: Well, you know, it was really well-bred Godolphin, uh, two-year-old, and, and, you know, was well-backed in his first two starts. Got beat a neck first time. I was going two turns, came back to get beat a half a length, and then he gets LASIKs added for the drop today. So I think that might be just enough to put him in the winter circle. Plus, worked really well here the other day, last week. So. I think this is his race to lose. I think it's a horse that, with the of Lasix, and Mitchell Morrell, uh, he's doing great at Churchill Downs. I think he's going to be one of the top two or three riders uh, at the end of the meet here in the, in the rider standings. So I got to think he's going to be very tough. Chrome racer, uh, Louis Roussel, he's, his horse is all training well in the morning. This is another one going to be stretching out. Comes off of uh, three straight second place finishes. So, you know, you got to give him a look. Al Stahl's got a first time starter that they paid a lot of money for. Got Kobe Hernandez aboard. You got to think he's got a shot. But I, I think Stedham's going to be awful tough in that spot.
0: Yeah, it looks to be that way. I mean, he's got, you know, back-to-back two-turn races. Um, close both times at the wire. He gets LASIKs this time. He's definitely the horse on paper to beat. Chrome Racer does kind of jump out a little bit at me. Um, bet down at Gulfstream two times out. He's stretching out by California Chrome. Louis, you know, he's going to... Um, He's going to want to win a couple of races here to get started early, so I would imagine this one's got to be ready. And, um, yeah, the, the Curling Edges horse for Al Stahl Jr., you mentioned him. Like you said, a couple of works here. Stahl doesn't debut going two turns that often. Racing form has him at 8% going two turns. This one, I could tell you, worked at Churchill um, with a nice horse Al has named Trafalgar. Who's, um, he worked know, here the other day, Trafalgar. Trafalgar worked, yeah, and he worked in company with Trafalgar back a few works at – uh. At Churchill, so you know you got those trainers. They like to match up good horses against good horses. So this one first time out, I think obviously has some ability. Not sure if you know going two turns first out, but it could be definitely an educational trip for him. That's the fifth race. Um, there's really not much else. You, you touched on the three that I kind of wanted to touch on in there. Um, you know, Aspen has one called Banco for for um, for Calumet Farm and Jimmy Graham. Uh, looks like he's been at Louisiana Downs. He's coming in. He's got two starts under his belt, kind of uninspiring at Remington Park. So I think those three, if you're betting, they could probably get you out of the, um, the vertical bets for sure. Uh, let's move on to the seventh race and the Thanksgiving Classic, $150,000 race, Mike. And um, this is the traditional opening day steak, six furlongs, older horses. Hey, I know what I wanted to tell you. The, um, and you're going to know this, but we'll see if the listeners know this. The six furlong stakes the six furlong track record is held by a horse that ran in this race do you know who it is that ran in this race the six furlong track record here at the fairgrounds oh, that, ran,
1: that ran in the, thanksgiving, well, in the thanksgiving
0: the thanksgiving handicap has the track record at six furlongs 108.03 by whew, i forget mountain general
1: Mountain General, oh yeah. The well, in 2003. That, that track was lightning fast. Lightning fast that day.
0: day. Mountain General from a Thanksgiving handicap in 2003. I don't know if we're going to have any of these horses breaking track records on Thursday, I, I,
1: but it's a very, very competitive uh, field. Believe me, when I sat down to do the line on this one, I, I just couldn't figure out who to make the favorite. If you look at it, I got a lukewarm favorite with Lake Necker Island at 3-1. to one. I got two seventy twos and a 4-1. to one. So, I mean, that's four horses within a, a point of each other. That's going to buy for the favoritism spot. Uh, Necker Island, the race looks like he's got a lot of early speed in the race. So it's going to, uh, Necker Island might get the Catbirds. So he's just sitting there behind him and then make a run, you know, get out and make a run at the end. And since they shorten this horse up, he's run two powerful races at Churchill, beat a couple of good fields, uh, you know, winning those races. So I got to think he's going to be tough in there. But I mean, <laughs> Strike power, he's got a lot of speed, getting a low class relief, been running a lot of graded stakes. He's going to drop down a little bit. Greeley and Ben, they the wild card in there. I mean, all he knows how to do is win right now. He's won nine in a row and 10 out of his last 11. Granted, it's been a little bit of weaker competition, mostly starter races and, and stuff like that. But then his last race, he beat Mr. Moneybags and Long Range Toddy pretty easily. And that was a stake race at, at Remington. So looked like a horse that got really good for shipping in with Carl Broberg. Just might. He's another one. Michelle Lovo had a great summer with this yeah. horse, man. He, and he, we thought he was a completely turf horse, and all of a sudden they started running him on the dirt, right. and he ran big too. But with with the five, the six, and the seven showing so much speed, I just think Necker Island's going to be tough to handle in there.
0: Yeah, it's a great race, and you know, if you if you're sentimental by any stretch of the imagination, you look at you look at Pyrran for Alstall Jr. and Stahl has won this race, and I was looking back at the history of it three of the last five years and three of those wins won by bobby's wicked um in 2019 and then yankees warrior in 16 and 17. all three of those times that al stahl jr won the thanksgiving classic miguel Maynard was his jockey and um no, miguel and miguel yeah a lot, his, a lot
1: of familiar faces won't be around this year
0: yeah miguel's one of them and you know he won the last three three of the last five in this race for stall and he he's he rode pyre in the last two times and now declan carroll gets aboard and. You know, this horse has been on sloppy tracks his last two outs since coming over from California. Um, He just got beat by Necker's Island two back on that sloppy track, but he finished in front of a horse called Pneumatic, who's a very nice horse for Asmussen. I think um, that day that he lost to Necker Island, they both carried 121 pounds. He gets a six-pound weight difference in the weights this time um, to face Necker Island again. I'm telling you, the way these things line up in horse racing, the I mean, you can count numerous times where you just like, this happened you know actually they talked about mayna's ride um the jockey mitchell morell picked up his first mount after um miguel mania passed away and he won on it at churchill and it was mitchell morell from miguel mayna The the owners had their last name was like mm something and the horse started mm the, the horse's name was mm or something Everything like that yeah that i place. mean just you know, those weird <laughs> things that kind of make your hair stand up on your arms but you know, give a look to Pyron. I think this horse is coming in third off the layoff. He, he's going to be, he's going to be right there with um, with Strike Power and Necker Island. Those are kind of the three I pointed out. But like you say, Greeley and Ben. I mean, Jesus, this horse. You don't see a horse that's seven years old going on his 27th start and never been at the fairgrounds before. Yeah, uh,
1: and and you never see horses win that many in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So it's a great Thanksgiving classic. I think there's a lot of ways you can go in there. Um, you know, Went West was a horse. I know i talked hey. about it with you before his workout the other day was a minute and change faster than anything else on the work tab um he burned up the track that morning and it did look like it was a very fast playing track
1: oh no he, he's had two two solid very quick works here and you know off of his last race uh, yeah i can't say he, he can't win he ran a big race last time out and you know louis horses all look good danny and uh simpson has them you know with louis doing really well right
0: now just might Michelle love you mentioned her never off the board in four starts this horse at the fairgrounds two wins a second and a third um, work last time out that's a fast work at Churchill worked with a horse called change of control which is a nice turf stakes mare for Michelle um, this horse you know loves to win races too so it's a very good race the only thing a little bit about strike power maybe it'd have been running over his head he's only won one time this year out of six starts and he's coming off a layoff you Know obviously, I think he's the class at this field. He can, he could obviously win for Asmussen, but <clears throat> I don't know what kind of price I th- he looks like. The horse that might take the most money off, off the morning line, so um, yeah, it's a good race, it's a good race for sure. Moving on to the um, the eighth race is uh, Joe Ray Paluso Memorial Stakes, $75,000 turf race. Hopefully, it stays on the turf, mile on the 16th. Man, you talk about a tough race. This, uh, this, this race here, um, these Phillies and Mares on the turf at fairgrounds, this is my spot. I love to take price horses. I just the Philly and mare series on the Turfian Fairgrounds seems to always produce the better prices of the meet, and I'll certainly be looking for a price
1: in this race. And you know what? It looks like that kind of race. There's about I got about a check on about seven horses that I think could actually pop up and win this race. I mean Dominga's a Luke Wong favorite. Uh, she likes this course. Two wins, two seconds, and four lifetime tries. Last couple of starts haven't been, uh, you know, up to her usual performances that she was doing earlier in the year. So if you know if she's doesn't run her best. She can definitely get beat as the favorite in this race. Uh, Alms. She was a stakes winner as a two-year-old. Came back last time out going short. Now now Mike's getting it ready. That was like a prep race. I think they get it ready to go two turns. Got to give her a little Curly Ruth. Ran a big race last time, closing for Eddie Keneally, and, and beat a pretty solid allowance field at uh, Churchill Downs. So I mean at Keenly in Kentucky. So you know she's got a shot, more than unusual. I mean believe me. And, and you know what. Just a horse that I just like, and I think she's in tough. But I'm going to be pulling for her. Is Winter Sunset? She's just a beautiful, completely mm-hmm. white filly these days, and she's been training here for the last week. We've been watching her go. She's, you know, she's run a couple of good races, and if she could run back to that race bond, Daddy is a legend. Uh, you know, then she actually has a chance in here.
0: But she needs. She needs to use her speed, right? I mean, her weapon. Right. Her weapon is her speed. Um, last time out, she faced a couple horses that are back in here. Um, but they were at Keeneland, you know, she lost to Curly Ruth. Um, they went that, pretty quick th- early. They went quick early that day, and she was part of that fast pace. She's second off the layoff in this spot, and but I agree with you. I, I think, you know, they put her in the stakes race at Tom Benson Memorial on, on Louisiana Derby Day last year, and she, was, uh, she didn't get out of the gate very good that day and kind of lost all chance, but um, she's very respectable. I think if you get anywhere around 20 to 1, I mean, you definitely got to – Put a couple of dollars on her. I, I agree with you on Winter Sunset. A horse that I looked at that I, I kind of like is um, Bella Gamba. This one for Ignacio Coronado Correas. Jimmy Graham. I think he needs to work out a trip a little bit, but he that race last time he was twenty to one at Keeneland, and he just lost by half a length and more than unusual. Who so I, I think is going to take some money for Brad Cox in here too, and I think his price is going to uh, her price is going to float up in here. I'm kind of looking at her, kinda maybe as my key horse. Um, you know, she turns to the fairgrounds turf um I, I think this horse is okay I, I, I like the way she ran last time I and mean, she just missed popping at a big big price and um like i said jimmy graham could work out a trip on this one she, i think she's eligible to improve at a good number
1: i oh, know uh she's got a check mark she's one of the ones i said i mean i believe me this is a really good betting race because it's a big feel and a lot of value no doubt the only thing i'll say too about the um
0: dominga I know the horse has two wins out of its last twelve starts over the last two years. I think both have actually come at the fairgrounds, but boy, she likes to burn money. She oh no, she geez. can burn up some money, so I, I'd be weary maybe of her. And of course, saying that she probably went for fun. But <laughs> um, no, it's a tough race. Good race, the eighth race on Thanksgiving Day here at the fairgrounds. The the wrap up the ninth race maiden special weight is a, Philly a Louisiana bred five and a half. And this race usually, Mike, is for Phillies. On opening weekend, usually these races feed into the Louisiana Champions Day, the Lassie, and, and kind of the two-year-old stakes on Champions Day. So pay attention. There's a maiden special way race for lightbred Phillies, the ninth on Thursday, and I think the one on Friday is for colts and geldings and we've got in the a last. A lot race. of
1: first-time starters in this race, and uh, uh, Gary Scherer's a filly uh, based out street. I mean, she's got two races under her belt, so she's got the experience. She ran second both times out. Of the ones that have started, she looks like the best of that group. But Fouche, Candy's Pride worked really good speed out of the gate the other morning. And she breaks short from the rail. She could be dangerous in there. Both of Sam Davis' horses work good. Uh, and the seriously, Sam Moss uh, worked with a horse named Duvy And both of them worked very good uh, the other morning coming out of the gate, finished up well in their work. So I think they got shots in there. Uh, another one, uh, Golden Artist uh, for uh Justin Johnson showed really good speed, 35 and change uh, coming out the gate the other morning. So that's a really good race. Watch out for
0: Justin Johnson. He's one of my dark horse trainers this meet. I think he could have a really
1: good meet. And you mentioned that
0: horse, Golden Artist, the number eight horse. Golden Sense is 11% with first-time starters for two-year-olds. But this, the damn Artist Cry was actually fifth in the Fairgrounds Oaks back in 2014 as a Louisiana bred. Um, she won five times in her career. All five races that this damn one Artist Cry was at the Fairgrounds. Wow. Three times on the turf and twice on the dirt. That's so,
1: a man. Worked, worked showed a lot of speed out the gate the other month. 35 and change and went out at half and, you know, 48
0: and change. Yeah, the Golden Artist definitely um, is one of I want look at uh Actually, Pineapple Alley, kind of that first-time starter for uh, Erling Keith Hernandez owns. Bedazzle Seattle was a lot bred that did a lot of running around these parts. Um, you know, she was a nine-time winner of a lot of bread. She's had three fulls to race two of them have won first out well both,
1: uh, both <laughs> of sam's horses have been working good both of them
0: Yeah, so take a look at that race that's a good race to end the card on thanksgiving day moving over to friday's card we're gonna look at the fifth race on friday that's a maiden special weight and it's um it's for two-year-old phillies and it's going a mile on the 16th looking at uh, this race mike you got a debuter here for steve asmussen you got a good horse from louis roussel also in this race it's only six horse field
1: but um pretty competitive race if it comes up pretty good on paper. You're right. I gotta get, gotta agree with you on that. Uh, let's see who majestic union is seven to
0: two. I think you got Fanny and Freddie at this three to race one. This is fifth on what day? On from this is Friday's race. Friday. Oh, Oh, got Friday's <laughs> so right here. Friday. So you looking yeah. So you're looking at Fannie and Freddie as a three to one kind of tepid morning line favorite there. Uh, but everybody in this race, you got pretty much yeah. under five, six to one. I mean, it's a tough. I tell you what,
1: looking at him. Fanny and Freddie worked the other day. work you know, looked good, foul stall. And like you said, this is a stream from top to bottom. Any of the horses in this race, I think, can win. Mike Stidham saw a Philly Prima Prima Ballerina. She came back and worked pretty good the other morning. Uh, you know, 47 and change, and you know, I mean, she, and then she went out with a minute change, she getting lasix for I like. That the horses have run and run okay but then they're going to get lasix for the yeah. first time and she's getting lasix for the first time same thing with fannie and freddie getting lasix for the first time so i would lean towards one of those two if i had a but as far as this this race i wouldn't be surprised if anybody won it because it's it's that wide open
0: yeah prima ballerina blinkers on too so she's getting the kitchen sink lasix blinkers on um for mike stidham drawn on the outside here um, I think my top pick in here. I think I'm gonna go with Majestic Union. This is the horse I watched a replay on Indiana. Uh, Brad Cox has a bunch of horses, and some start in the Indiana Downs. This horse was the only first-time starter in the race where um she came running pretty far back. She was not not that far back, but she came running kind of late. Got there, just missed. Um, was a good third. I think Brad cox horses like to improve second time out. The horse went a mile already, so I think mile in Indiana Downs is probably two turns. So I think she's gone two turns already. Um, just interesting, you know that horse, Majestic Union. If she floats up, I give her a chance. Fanny and Freddie, like you said, getting Lasix had a very wide trip last out at Keeneland. The only thing I didn't like about that, and is eight horses have come back out of that race and none have hit the board. So that's that kind of throws we- that we- kind of throws weak. a wrench into it a little bit. Kind of a weak group that it, that she was facing there. So we'll see how that race works out. Um, Majestic Union for me in there, I think the one is my key off of, but. Let's go to the seventh race, maiden special weight. This one um, for the Colts. Uh, you're looking at one, two. You know, There's a pretty and good the, feel here, too. You got what seven horses in here?
1: Right. And you this got, field, you got seven horses, but six actually, six betting interests. Actually, they had a Underhill's tab and Prather are above a uh, entry. I didn't have,
0: I didn't have a very good opinion in this race whatsoever. You know what? I, I just couldn't I, find I somebody thought, to like. I
1: thought, you know, the race is really came up. I mean, Al Stalls Underhill's tab. Uh, you know. Well-bred, uh, you know, Colt uh, had some decent works at Churchill Downs. Uh, I've made him the lukewarm favorite along with the, the coupled entry. But watch Joe Duhon. Joe Duhon, uh, you know, you're know when you going to get a fair price on him because then you got Asmussen, Stahl, Tom Amos, all of them have horses in here. Joe uh, is a local trainer, trades at Louisiana Downs during the summer. But boss is dialing in, worked good a couple of times for him. Uh, this horse worked twice in a row. And both times look very good doing it. So and Joe's you know, got a big barn. Joe's got if,
0: 38 stalls, I think, back there. So if he's got looking, some horses. If you're looking to try to
1: knock off one of the you know big big name horses in there, uh, I take a chance on Joe's horse.
0: Yeah, I think Amos horse is probably going to take the most money now. I think Amos horse will probably go off favorite. He's had a great summer with two year olds. Um, this one here, just looking at it, it's going. This one's going to go on lay six. Took money. Uh, looks like it bled out, you know, I'm just guessing, right. but it I looks mean, like showed speed, was pressed up between horses, didn't get the ideal trip. But I think, you know, Amos is really good about um, these maidens and, and finding the right spots for him, and I think this horse here looks like um, second-time starter, lay six. This looks like a Tom Amos special. Um, if this horse is right, I, I mean, I, I kind of lean toward oh, it no, him. I, I
1: made him the favorite, and he looks like, you know, to me, like you said, it had been working really, really good, and then popped up and, you know, Went really quick and then tired, and you think he might have bled. he's getting Lasix. I definitely should improve with the Lasix.
0: Yeah, you look at Amos and Stall probably fighting for favoritism here, and I mean the two horses for Stall, they paid four hundred thousand for one and four hundred seventy-five thousand for another. Another for Spinthrift and the the one they paid four seventy-five for Prather, um, he 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 eased and walked off over any of the downs in the slop. So maybe that was a sloppy thing, maybe it was something else. But you know he's wheeling him right back within a month, so obviously the horse is okay. Um, I just don't know. You know, workouts are kind of just okay on this horse. Um, it's spendthrift, so I think you're gonna, you know, take some money here. But we'll see how, how that one goes. Seventh race on Friday, here at the fairgrounds. Ninth race is a state statebred maiden special weight five and a half. This is the colt version um, of the Louisiana bred program. You probably see the winner of this race um, in Champions Day if everything goes well. Man, this is an, another really tough race, Mike. The one in one A, the Britland stable pair. Gutsy is this. Um, the one I really looked at, ran third, first time out against Lasix now, from that great family, the damn Wild About Marie. Uh, This is that, this is that, yeah, this is that runner with Wild About Marie, and um, you know, the the, the horses in that race, you know, win your win, minute to stardom, Wild About Star, that's one of, probably, Britland's best family and this one's a, they finally get a they finally get a cult but obviously they gelded him so what kind of horror i mean they gelded him before <laughs> over in in june so he must have been a handful uh, she um, still got
1: star guitar she yeah
0: worried. she ain't worried about that but um
1: i kind of lean toward if gutsy runs I, I like the one and one day here for Brintland what did you do in here I, I i have made them the second choice uh, the, i made the favorite the first time starter for joe sharp uh, joe sharp obviously was Pointing to get a race in his belt and then be ready for Champions Day. Been working pretty good over at Churchill Downs Training Center. Several bullet workouts over there. So I gave him the lukewarm spot in there. Both uh, I thought of Evelyn Benoit and Jose as a two, two, tambourine, tambourine Star and Gutsy, both of them. I thought either one of them could pop up and win. Uh, they both look good. And Rod Fauchet's got one named Hilaire that, uh, you know, Brad Cox had it first time out, you know, at Churchill. Fauchet taking over training worked okay the other morning so I got to give him a look
0: too. Yeah the Hilaire horse is probably um, probably be the horse I want to use in there too along with the uh, the one in one a just kind of against it last time you know that race has actually turned out to be a pretty key race eight eight starters have come out of that race three of one and three have run third so that was actually a pretty tough race over at Churchill Downs back on September 24th and this horse ran fourth fourth in it there so you're looking at that horse coming back I think it's gonna be really tough and like you said, the Joe Shaw Forest, you know, they paid $150,000 for this one um, back earlier this year. It's, it's Louisiana, Louisiana bred, so that's a good number for Louisiana bred. So you've got to oh. think that one has some talent as well. You might only need one four six. You might only need one four six to get out of the last race, um, and that's not usually the case with Louisiana breads. No, right. Uh, <laughs> that's those, usually those, tough. <laughs> those have pretty good form on them, so that might be the way to go. We'll go ahead and stop right here take a break for a second. We'll come back and we'll look at Saturday's card and we'll get to, uh, we'll get to who, who Mikey and I think and uh, who's going to win the owner's title, trainer's title, and jockey title. And then we'll wrap it up with our best bets for opening week. Back after this. Back here talking about opening week here at the fairgrounds. Chad Shaksniner and Mike Deliberto. Let's take a look at Saturday's card uh fourth sixth seventh and ninth races we're going to touch on here fourth race is a mile on the turf for uh two-year-olds and uh man mike tough race here i hope you didn't lose no sleep during the morning line on this one because uh there's a lot
1: of a lot of horses here that this race can go a lot of different ways well you know like you said there's 13 horses in the body of the race so that makes it harder to start with <laughs> and when they all look like the same thing on paper a lot of first time starters a lot of them have one start under their belt and a lot of big name outfits with well-bred two-year-olds so I made Holiday House a lukewarm favorite. He's got two solid efforts uh, in his you know, first two starts. Uh, last one at Woodbine, Mike Stidham, I think he'll be off to a good start here. Bold Norm, Brendan Walsh, his horses usually do better the second time out. I think this horse will improve. I gotta give him a look. More than work, Brad Cox, he does terrific, 30% with second-time starters. So, But there's four or five other ones that you got to give a good shot to also in here.
0: Yeah, I think you got to lean to the ones who obviously have some racing under their belts. One of those over-analytical uh, for Wayne Catalano, who had a great meet here last year with turf runners. He had five or six wins on the turf here last year. Um, this one caught a yielding track over at Keeneland last out. Had to lead in a stretch in an um, in in 11-horse field, I believe, and, and finished second. Um, you know, bumped at the start, so this one has a little bit of a little seasoning too. So, Jareth Loveberry, who we really hadn't touched on, he's gonna be riding full time, I think, here at the meet um, for a bunch of different outfits. He's a Chicago guy. I think. had, had a lot of winners.
1: He rode here years ago down here, but he had a real good meet up in Chicago.
0: Yeah, this is a good race. Beau Noir, like you said, Brendan Walsh. Maybe you can get out of this race with the ones who have run already. Um, Brad Cox has two in here. and One of them's a the first-time starter. One of those races you kind of watch the board on too and see where some of the money's some coming money's in selling. at. Um, Six race. On Saturday, another turf race, mile on the 16th. This is the Bob Wright Memorial Stakes uh, for Mr. Bob, who's in the racing commission for years. I think he was the president of the racing commission for years. Um, man, this is a race that these older these older horses on the turf, obviously did this race is going to lead into um, bigger stakes races down the road for some of these horses. Oh,
1: and, and some of these have already won graded stake races. You know, So uh, the Pixelette uh, for Mike Stidham... Uh, You know, he's taking a little bit of a class drop. last two starts when greatest stakes, he won a grade three, came back and didn't disappoint. You know, run that badly, but it was a grade one, a very strong grade one in his last start. Now he comes back into, you know, a little overnight handicap uh, stake race here for 75,000 hits, you know, but there's not a lot of speed in this race and he has to be a closer. So if they go too slow early, he might have a a lot of work to do to make up. So I'll make, you know, him the top pick, I guess, but logical myth. Horse for course. I mean, he's got five wins and eight career stars here with a second and a third, and he ran a bang-up second in the grade two Mervyn last, I mean, third in the Mervyn Muniz last year to Colonel Liam, one of the best horses in the country at the time. And, you know, he's coming off a little bit of a freshening for Joe Sharp, but definitely loves his turf course, so I gotta think he's got a good chance. Monarchs Glenn, another one that got beat in the neck in, in the state race uh, uh, you know, behind Logical Myth uh, last time out, I mean, two times ago, so you gotta give him a chance, but and there's a couple other ones that you got big agenda. Another Mike Maker horse, and Mike Maker always has them horses ready in these turf races.
0: Yeah, you touched on it. I don't know where the speed is going to be in this race, and I wonder who's going to be the jockey who gets aggressive early and could possibly steal this race and get first run on all these closers. and These horses in here that like the press. There's not really. There's not even pressers in here. No, oh, no I mean it, there's a lot of them like to come you know, off the pace. You yeah. look a horse like Pirates Punch. You know, you, I kind of hope Colby. Um, He's the I could call. I could go for him if if he really. You know, breaks breaks out of there and establishes the lead and kind of puts this horse on the
1: front. I mean, I would, he, I he, would think he's going to make the lead, but yeah, uh, he's never been on the turf, so right—that's right. that's, that's the and question. That's,
0: that's the big question. You know, Grant Forster is certainly a capable trainer. His horse is second off the layoff. Um, lost a really nice horse, Thomas Shelby, who came back last week and won at Churchill. But you know, like you said, never been on the turf. Is this horse? Was this horse entered maybe thinking it was coming off? So you don't know if he's going to scratch. But man, if he scratches. I mean, they are going to be really walking. Oh, it's going to be a jockeys' race, you know.
1: That's what it's going to be.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting race for a pace handicap for a pace uh, for pace handicappers in this one because you got some horses that love it here. Like you said, Logical Myth. I mean, they're looking for lightning in the bottle again here. You know, Joe Sharp's born. They love this horse. Um, but yeah, it's a really really good really good turf race. I think it's going to lead to bigger and better things. But interesting to see um, who's going to get the lead in that race for sure. Seventh race on the card is a maiden special weight um, Phillies, two year olds. And they got some first-time starters in here. Mike, um, I'm kind of leaning to a horse that's already, that's already run, and that's the Mike Stidham horse. Uh, what did you do in this race?
1: I thought this was really a, a competitive race from top to bottom. Uh, you know, come um, on we love. Brad Cox ran second, first time out. You always got to respect Brad. But Cornelian, uh, Mike Stidham's horse, uh, worked pretty good the other morning, finished up real nice in his work. And, you know, getting Lasix for the first time. So I like the, the move, you know, with the Lasix. Obviously, they thought something of him. Was well back first time out and just got beat right in the last stride. So i got to give him a look. Uh, you yeah got to think uh, L of the ball, another one, uh, Joe Sharp. You know, first time out, ran against a pretty solid field that day. Didn't show a whole lot, a little bit of speed. Got hung wide the whole way. Got to think he's got a chance in here. Oceanside. I mean, leaving from top to bottom, I think any of them could win. But uh, I, I would lean towards the one, Oscar
0: Yeah, I think that's the one I like, too. We'll see how the board plays out with some of the money. you got Cox and Sharpen here. it would be interesting to see which one of those two takes the most money. Cox, obviously, second-time starter. Um, you know, ran, ran okay second. Um, last time I was not no match for the winner in that race. Speedometers one I think you, you got to kind of be weary of. Hasn't taken a lot of money in his starts like you would think a Steve Aspieson horse should, but Steve took this horse to Saratoga where he had an unbelievable summer. Um, and this horse, you know, ran okay up at Saratoga, and then you know his barn at Keeneland was just so off, uh, just couldn't find a winter circle. This horse ran fourth at Keeneland, was up part of the pace. So, um, you know, these horses like for Brad Cox and Steve Ashmussen, if they don't break their maidens after three or four races and he's still trying to run on maiden special weight, I kind of tend to stay away from those. I don't blame you. So that's the seventh race at Fairgrounds on Saturday. Ninth race wrapping up the handicapping segment here. Um, we touched on the ninth race here just because of state-bred allowance, and I wanted to talk about um, I want to talk about Bourbon Street Tap and some of these other ones because you're looking at a bunch of three-year-olds here, uh, you know, a couple four-year-olds, but these are horses. I think that if they win around this level, you
1: could see them in state-bred state bred stakes. I agree with you, and uh, believe me, it's very competitive race. Uh, looking at on paper. Uh, Bourbon Street Tapping, that was a horse that everybody was real high on. It was working really good last year, and walked out the gate on Louisiana Derby Day last year, and still came flying and got up and run second. And then he came back as a big favorite and won easily at Del—I mean, Evangeline Downs. I mean, at Delta Downs. Now been laid off since you know way back since April, but came back and worked good, really good the other morning for Sturgis DuCoin, who took takes over training for Eddie Johnson. And I got to think he's the one to beat, Brigmas. Big grass money. <laughs> uh, Brett Calhoun's uh, Colt. This Colt, I mean, first time out at Delta ran very good. Blew blue to feel away, and looks like you know he like six furlongs would even be better for him. Yeah. Uh, Bitsy's Custom C, one first time out for Sam David last year. Then ever suddenly something came apart and laid him up since last May, but another one that's worked good a couple times here. So yeah. I thought one of those three horses would be the most logical.
0: Yeah, Bitsy Custom C. I remember that race uh, closing weekend, ten to one popped. Uh, for Sam David, with custom for Carlos, who who did a great job as Louisiana bred sire the last few years. I think um, he passed away, I believe, over the summer or something like that. So, uh, yeah, really good race to wrap up things uh, on Saturday. The ninth race, Louisiana bred allowance. Check that race out for sure. Let's get to uh, let's get to some uh, owner, trainer, jockey talk here, Mike. And uh, since it's the beginning of the meet. I'll go ahead and uh i'll let you go first on the owner side of it who do you think's going to win the titles here this year we got some new trainers got some new jockeys
1: some guys coming in and uh let's see who you think uh owner of the meet's going to be you know i gotta lean towards the Gold dolphin again for the simple reason he's got mike stidham you got Assmuson, you got a lot of big outfits cocks that are training for golf dolphin and they'll be making a lot of starts here with you know different horses so i think they're going to be the ones i
0: think you're right i I like a dolphin too maybe one to keep an eye on is a dark horse is uh they got joey keith davis that has horses for chris Mm -hmm. hartman um he's got a lot of horses with hartman and hartman's proven he can win on any circuit he loves those horses that he runs loves churchill downs and i think the, the surface here in churchill downs is pretty similar i think his horses run pretty good here so watch for him too as well Trainer side gets a little more difficult, Ron Fauche's defending title, but uh, you got Amos, you got you got Asmussen, you got Cox, who are you going with their trainer's title?
1: That, you know, well, because see, last year, you know, you got Asmussen, Cox, they're going to be shipping a lot of horses over to Oaklawn, so, you know, some of their better horses might not make their starts here, so that'll hurt them with the, you know, for the training titles, and they've had so many of them, it, it's not the most important thing to them anymore. I think Fochet is going to be really tough. To, you know, I think he could he could do Clegg. and I think Amos. He's got a lot of young horses, a lot more two year olds than he generally has. So right. with a lot of two year old races, will be going regularly. I think Tom will you know have a, a say in what happens. I think uh, I think Tom will definitely have a say in the trainers uh, standings as well.
0: John he was John Dooley's pick just to give John a little mention. John John likes Amos for the title this year. Um, I'm gonna go back to Brad Cox. I think he's got the numbers. I think he's just got so many horses. I know he's gonna have a bunch of them at Oaklawn too. But, um, you know, Oklahoma doesn't have, doesn't have turf. So uh, I think Brad Cox, you know, he's going to win a lot of turf races here this meet. So uh, he, he's my pick to, to come back. I think Fauci had a lot of things. I mean, he, he, great job last year. Like He had a lot of stuff go his way. Horses went. He was winning races. Something watched with Fauci's horses, too, last year. You notice he puts two in a race. A lot of times... The other one wins a lot of the time for him. and That it, it, happens with a lot of trainers. Yeah, yeah, a lot of time. Asmussen's good at that, too. But Foshio put two of those Louisiana breds in a race, and, and the other one seems to win a whole lot more than maybe, maybe the one taking most money. Jockey-wise, who are we talking about here? James Graham um, had a couple of really good years here. He's put back-to-back-to-back, back to back to back, and um, he's definitely going to be up there. But who do you like for the Jockey's title?
1: I, you know what, I'd lean towards either Mitchell Morrell or, or James Graham. I think because they'll be here riding regularly. Some of the other big riders, they'll go shipping out to other tracks to ride in some state races and stuff. So these two will be riding, and both of them like to ride the card if they can. Right. So they'll they'll be riding a lot of the cheaper races along with the good races, and so I think it's, when it comes down to a numbers game, I think they'll be the two of the ones that right there fighting for it at the end.
0: Dooley went Duly went for Mitchell Morrell too. The the bet Mitch get rich. Philosophy there, yeah, a heck so. of a Churchill meet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you know I, I like Jimmy Graham probably to win it. Um, and I will talk about maybe a dark horse is, is this kid Raylu Gutierrez. He's coming down here. I'm not sure how many mounts he's going to get, but one of those things where if he gets hot, um, I know he's going to be in the and barn. He's going to get first crack at a lot of these and horses. And if he can prove himself winning on those horses, that'll that'll kind of parlay itself. Um, he could have a, he could have a really really good meet. So uh, watch for Ray Lugo to, to kind of pop up. I'm gonna tell you to Colby Hernandez. Colby likes to ride the car too if he can, and um, he'll be in a lot of those horses for Stahl. You know he had to split a lot of horses with the Coxborn and Stallborn and Mana. You know Miguel Mena was in Al Stallborn too, and Colby always had to kind of they, they kind of split them up. I think Colby's gonna ride a lot probably most of that barn now for Al Stahl, you would think. I would think so. So watch out for him. Um, best bets opening week. You wanna take a shot? We'll go ahead and see uh, who we like for. It was the best bet on the card. Not, not so much best bet. You know, you're looking for value here, too. You know, we don't want to give you guys a four-to-five shot or, or anything like that. But um, who are you looking at as far as maybe, a, maybe like, a, a decent horse that guys can maybe single in the verticals?
1: Any day. Any day. Well, uh, you know, I have to look that. I didn't really look that closely, to be honest with you. What I was looking at, I was you know, spreading out. I mean, I think uh, I think Burbage Street tapping, you know, Eddie Johnson's toss. I, I think he is in a good spot i think he ought to run you know really good you got to give him a big shot now i know because they were really high on him last year so i think he'll run real good
0: i'm going to go i'm going to go fifth race on friday's card um i think that's going to start to pick five so that race starts to pick five I, I think i'm gonna go for a single in there i'm gonna go with majestic union for brad cox second time out just looks like he's going to improve run really good as the only first time starter in his first race going a mile so he's got some two-turn experience and He's worked here a couple of times, so he's got used to the track. He's seven to two morning line, but if he takes money, you know, if he, he actually goes down to two to one or so, you gotta, you know, I, I'm gonna really love it because I think you could single him, and we'll start from there. So I'm gonna go majestic union. So you are going to record with street bourbon street tapping? I'm going with bourbon
1: street tapping. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think you, I think you might have, you might have me beat on that one, but we'll just talk about that next time out. But uh, no, Mike, we appreciate it. Also, want to pass along. Um, And I'm not sure of the protocol yet, but I think they will be checking vaccination cards for the public on all racing days. So you have to have your proof of vaccination or negative tests, similar to what's required for Pelican games and Saints games. I think it's going to be what's going on out here um, at the Fairgrounds opening week. So we got four really good days of racing coming up. Excited to get going. Be sure to check out the Fairgrounds website for more information, www.fairgroundsracecourse.com. Look me up on Twitter, Shex Nola on Twitter. And uh, obviously, Fairgrounds NOLA, the Twitter handle, too. That'll get you up-to-date on everything going on here. So that'll do it from up here on the sixth floor of the Fairgrounds press box for Mikey D. I'm your host, Chad Shaq Happy Thanksgiving, everybody out there, and good luck to everybody this weekend. Welcome in, everybody, to the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2, and I'm your host, Chad Sheck-Snyder. And this week, we're going to bring you a special guest to talk about his life in the business as a trainer and also go in-depth with his stable here at the Fairgrounds as we welcome in a New Orleans original, Dallas Stewart. Dallas, welcome. Thanks for having me, Chad. I imagine you guys are pretty busy these days, and I'm sure it's good to be back, in, at, back here at home with things a little back, back to normal, huh?
2: One of my favorite places to be, right here at the Fairgrounds. This is where I started and uh, we've had a lot of success here. We've got a lot of nice horses this year, so we're
0: looking forward to kicking it off here pretty soon. Before we get started on everything, I know um, down here it's been a rough couple of months uh, losing guys like Eddie Johnston and, and now recently Gary Palmazano. Just kind of your thoughts on, and even Miguel Maina, I mean, a guy who rode for you, uh, passed away recently. It's been a tough couple of months in that regard, and um, I know you, you you were friends with those guys. Yeah,
2: actually, you know, it rocked our world pretty good. These guys are great guys, and part of our business you know like family we all compete against each other but we're all like family to each other and help each other out so it's uh yeah it's been a little tough that way
0: i know you got a barn back here barn 4a your usual barn here at the fairgrounds and uh it didn't it didn't get too much damage from ida like a couple of these other barns did and um i know you got 36 here at the fairgrounds do you, you have any at oakland too or yeah, Turfway, or? or uh, oakland a small string like eight okay because you got eight at Oaklawn and I know having a public stable you attract a, a wide variety of owners you got the Louisiana bred guys like Villeen Farms and national syndicates like West Point and the private guys like like a Fipke. and you also had some horses for Gail Benson and GMB how is that kind of business um, from the ownership side kind of transition in, in your world going from those guys like the farm guys like Villeen Farms to to owners you know in the private sector
2: well actually I'm very fortunate these guys are all terrific uh, they've supported me for a long time and uh, they're fun to, to train for. They try to, you know, win big races. They know they know what we're striving for. Whether like you said, valley Farm, they've we've had two-year-old champions for them in Louisiana, and they've competed on in the Breeders' Cup races. Won at stakes at Saratoga, and uh, like Fipke and. These guys are all just terrific to train for. Everybody that we work for, West Point thoroughbreds. I don't want to leave people out, but right. it's just a wonderful group of people we train for, and we have a wonderful group of people working for us to to try to get to, get the job done.
0: Two of my favorite horses from your stable over the years: Tom's Ready and Forever Unbridled. Um, Tom's Ready, just to talk about it real quick. What what a tough horse that went through the ranks here at the Fairgrounds, raced 21 times um just a, a a joy to watch and he never seemed to get the respect especially on the tow board but he never really seemed to get the respect that i think he earned as a grade two winner
2: yeah he was a neat horse you know we got lucky to buy him he went to the saratoga sale and didn't get purchased and i kind of re-looked at my notes and it was actually the first yearling that mr benson had bought and i called him i said hey i found one i think we can get him right and i think we bought him for like 130 they were trying to get 200 for him and uh, man it just kicked off like he uh he ran second in the Louisiana Derby. I think he was second in the Lacomp. won the uh, Street Sense, I believe he did. Mm-hmm. But he won the uh, Allen Jerkins, not Allen Jerkins, he won the uh, Woody Stevens at uh, Belmont. That was a terrific race, came from last. Yep. And uh, he was just a wonderful horse to train, just, and you know, for
0: wonderful people. No doubt. As he got, you know, toward that end of his four-year-old season there, and he loved Belmont. He seemed to like New York a whole lot for sure. Yeah. Um, You know, you had a bunch of different guys on him, but, you know, he ran into Met Mile and the Cigar Mile and just a horse that was (laughs) just an honest horse, man.
2: Yeah, he made a straight-up million, and, uh, you know, we tried to uh, make him a stallion. It it didn't work for too long. I think he uh, was infertile after a while, but he's got a great home at Old Friends, and he's living out
0: a wonderful life. Forever unbridled. This was a horse, you know, you know the whole family backwards and forwards, and you've had a bunch of them. I think she was my favorite, and I, I don't know if it was just the way Rosario rode her, but she got really good there at the end, um, running in the Flor de Lee and the personal yeah. ensign that she actually rebounded from the year before she lost it. She comes back to win it back there in 2017. What do you remember about Forever Unbridled? Well, she was a horse that's
2: well-traveled. I think she won over eight different racetracks. Um, you know, she just won everywhere that she, she basically raced other than maybe Dubai or something. So, um you know, she was just kind of a one of a kind, a good feeling Philly with a great pedigree. And, um, you know, the one year that uh, she won the Breeders' Cup, I only ran her three times that year, but she won all three because she was coming <laughs> off an ankle chip. Mm-hmm. And uh, she won the Fleur de Lis, she won the Personal Ensign, and then the Breeders' Cup. So she shows she was a champion.
0: Has her babies come, come to fruition? Have you seen any of those? Yeah, in the there's the yet? one
2: that's a two year old now. He hadn't made it to the races yet, but they're
0: starting to come through. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, your record, um, you're starting to get close to that magic number of 1,000 uh, career wins. you got really? 58 million in horses there, and I think you're at, I want to say you're in the 920s, 920s, 925, something around there. Um, but as a handicapper, I wanted to ask you about win percentage for a trainer real quick. As a handicapper and better myself, I don't put a whole lot of stock in the trainer's win percentage when it's between 10 and 20%. Now, maybe if a guy's five for 100 or for the year, I may downgrade those horses, but I don't like all the noise about, well, this guy doesn't win at 20%, so he's not a good trainer. I like guys who run their horses, and if they're doing good, you run them, right? That's the way we do it. The people love to see their horses run. So, you know, we're
2: trying to win every time we run. We've been uh, we've been good with our 2-year-olds this year. I think we won with, like, 13 or 14 2-year-olds, eight, eight like eight first-time starters. So that's pretty good for a 40-horse stable. No you doubt, know, your percentage gets better with the more you run and the more numbers you have. You know, so mm-hmm. you got to take in, okay. into consideration everything.
0: We're kind of in the middle now of this um, no Lasix crusade, where stakes races in Kentucky and elsewhere have said horses cannot race on the anti-bleeder medication, and also no two-year-olds in a variety of jurisdictions have gone this way as well. In your experience, I mean, you you know, been in this business thirty-plus years. Are we missing the point when it comes to Lasix, or is just one of those things where change is constant and you just got to roll with the punches being thrown at you? I mean, look,
2: far as Lasix, you know, they asked me about it. I said, I, they've all, we've always had Lasix as long as I've been in the game. So, um, you know, it, it, and they've taken it away in some races, but it really hadn't, the bleeding hadn't been, hasn't been as bad as some people would, would thought. So given said that, you know, it looks like it's moving the right way, that Lasix will be a thing of the past one day. So we'll just have to accept it, and if a horse does bleed, we'll just have to give him some time and manage it um, with the best we can. And uh, you know the horses first, we're always doing right by the horse. Most horse trainers love horses and you know they love racing, but most horse trainers love horses and want to see the best for the horse. want to see them compete well, but also want to take care of their health.
0: When it comes to a two-year-old or a first- time starter, can you, I know you may want to hold one back to when you can, maybe you could run him three-year-old when he's on Lasix, but can you tell in the morning if a horse is a bleeder or not or is that something they just you got to run them and, and figure it out? You no know,
2: sometimes they'll bleed in the mornings, you know so sometimes we work them on LASIKs. Um, just to prevent that and kind of feel where we're at with that. And uh, like I said, we're just trying to take care of the health of the horse. And, uh, you know, after a horse gets Lasix, then they, they drink water and it just replenishes the water that they've, that they've urinated out. Um, I mean, I'm not a scientist, and I don't know the whole scientific fact of it, but it doesn't hurt them, you know, to have Lasix, uh that I can see. And uh, like I said, the bleeding hasn't been as bad without the LASIK, so we just got to find a happy medium and continue on and do the right thing
0: you sent out five horses on halloween take me back to that day at churchill downs Hmm. opening day of the fall meet five horses go out three of them win all maiden special weight winners Um, ben diesel b sud spartan army how special the day is that when everything is just hitting on all cylinders
2: you know, listen, that's a great meet, November meet, that we, we focus on. You know, we have September, and then you, you're you basically getting ready in October for that November meet at Churchill. The purses were great. It's a great kind of championship meet to kick it off for the two-year-old stars. So it was a terrific day. They ran good, uh, came back good. It was, it, was, it was great competition, and we had a good day. So here you go.
0: We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to look at some of the horses down here in New Orleans for Dallas Stewart in the barn. Go through a barn report, and uh, he'll give us an update on some horses we hope to see here, maybe at Oaklawn Park, but definitely here. And then we'll um, we'll go into this Champions Day as well, coming up this weekend, coming right back here with Dallas Stewart.
2: All right, cool. this out. Yeah, man.
0: Been doing it for a little while. Back here at the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast, Chad checks and I are alongside New Orleanian trainer Dallas Stewart. And Dallas, uh, let's uh, kick it through the barn here real quick. Um, let's start with the Louisiana bread you got to run in on Saturday for valine Farms, undefeated unified report. Um, good looking son here. And um, you got to be happy with his progress. And I, I imagine that um, you're looking forward to running him on Champions Day.
2: Yes, very much so. He's a nice colt, like you said. And, um, you know, what can I say? He broke his maiden at Churchill in one of those auction races. But still, it's a race at Churchill that he competed in and won. And then uh, won a little stake down at Delta. Trained really well here, so we're looking forward to it. Who uh,
0: Who's riding him here? Brian. Okay, so you got Brian. So it'll be his third different jockey, but he seems like uh, his unified color, he seems like uh, pretty easy to ride. Yes. Okay. So yes. unified report. Look for him on Saturday. Another um, two-year-old here about to turn three is Hoist the Gold. Tell us a little bit about this horse.
2: He's a horse that uh, competed well at Saratoga and broke his maiden at Churchill. Uh, had a little bump in the road uh in one race and then came back and ran a credible race I believe he was fourth last time but uh, it was a really tough race so he's just kind of settling in we'll just maybe race him in February give him a little bit of a break
0: yeah you brought him to Saratoga and you ran into Jack Christopher and that yeah. that second time out and Jack Christopher was going to be the favorite in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile before they scratched him either the day of or the day before and then Gaffillon came in broke his maiden um that was a rough race. He had to learn a lot of that race because he, yeah. he got bumped, and he, it was a DQ where he got put up. But I remember that race, and, and it was certainly it was certainly a bump there. And um, he fought on gamely even after that. Correct. I think they went nine
2: in change, but he's a game little horse. He's by mine shaft, so we're just hoping that he'll develop as we go.
0: Looking for uh, looking ahead. Well, here's one for Valine Farm. I think that just got back on the work tab at the fairgrounds. Big Scully big scully can we expect to see him at the fairgrounds here pretty soon
2: yeah we're looking at the uh futurity for him he's a kind of a light horse we gave him a little break after saratoga so we're looking at the uh the uh, louisiana futurity for him
0: now here's one sequest a two-year-old philly that you brought over to del mar for the for the breeders cup um i saw the article you had in the blood horse saying you can't make money training horses so you got a little piece of this one and um she's very uh She's very interesting. Obviously, she has a lot of talent. Um, where are we going to see her? As she's going to participate in the stakes over here for uh, for Phillies. Yes,
2: uh, you know I don't know if it'll be in a non two and then the stakes later, but she's back and she's galloping. She looks good, so we're, we're we feel good about it. We're confident that uh, you
0: know she can get some some make some noise here. Calvary Charge is the horse in your barn that I followed pretty closely, and I I, I seem to i did I did hit on this horse a couple of times. This is another one that I think doesn't get a whole lot of um respect when it goes to the windows and I actually wanted this horse, and I kept saying well, this horse you can bet this horse and runs on the turf, bet this horse and runs on the turf hmm. and when this horse got on the turf, man, um the numbers really started to increase. um how has this horse developed He's a, a four year old gelding, but he seems like he's doing well. And um, I know he has a couple of published work at Churchill. Is he taking the winter off, or do you have him here? No, he actually worked here. You might have just missed it on okay. uh, that thing, but he had a good
2: half yesterday, day before yesterday. And uh, like you said, he was here at two years old, two and, and three, and he was just working great, and I would run him. He wouldn't run good. So finally, we put him on the turf, and he's just been phenomenal.
0: He's so, won, yeah. He's won three of his last four with Brian up, and right. He's won everywhere, right? I mean, he's won. Yeah. He won at Churchill, Keeneland, yeah. Kentucky Downs, which yeah, you gotta love when they love Kentucky Downs, right? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he's got a good future. Well, Calvary Charge, look for him. It, it, he's been bouncing around allowance company. Is he stakes quality? Are you give him a shot at stakes. Yeah,
2: we're gonna. Uh, I think it's a Diliberto. net coming up? So we might yep. give him a shot in there.
0: Good deal. Lansdowne is one that I know um, had a little bit of buzz first time out in Churchill in May, and seemed like he was a early two-year-old precocious, uh, precocious type. Things hasn't gone as smoothly for him lately. Where are we at with Lansdowne?
2: Yeah, he came up with a little problem. He had a, a knee chip, uh, so he's still on the farm. Okay, okay.
0: Shadow Matter. How about Shadow Matter? This is a horse I, I bet on. I bet on as well. I, li- I like this horse too, and this horse seems to be getting good right now yeah he's a, a nice uh
2: three-year-old turning four ran nine flat at churchill we actually ran him the last day and uh kind of Gaffley on wasn't happy with his ride. he uh, put him on the lead and you know he's just not that type of horse he's better coming from back so it was a bump in the road uh, he's here we're freshening him up a little bit and then uh, you know look for some races at the toward the end of the meet
0: is classy john still in the barn
2: well actually we, he was here but we retired him um sending back to the farm um just some issues with him and we're trying to give him a little more time off when i say he's retired he's (laughs) semi-retired so he's a champion along with his sister big tom you know the whole family's
0: terrific so the louisiana birds ever really retire i mean come on (laughs) i mean you know he's he's, like i said semi-retired i hear you i'm gonna uh i had to bring this horse up for a couple of my buddies jesuit and uh, i'm a holy cross guy well he was claimed Oh, he was claimed. Yeah, he so he's was, not in your barn no more. No, he was claimed. Oh, okay. Not in our barn. He's at uh, uh, Jimmy Baker's barn. Oh, so we not have to worry about him now. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, that's nice. But, um, yeah, that was a horse I thought I found funny that you got one in your barn named Jesuit, being an Abramson guy yourself. And Holy Cross got like, yeah, my name or whatever you
2: want, right? Elliot Walden. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> the uh, crew up at Windstar.
0: Nice little filly. Um... Two-year-old filly by Clint that you got was really a nice second on a sloppy cult. track. A colt, Art yeah. Heist, right? Art Heist. He's a colt, yeah. He's okay. nice,
2: yeah. yeah. Really nice.
0: Yeah, he, he he. I went back and watched that race the other day just to get a feel for what we were looking at, and I, man, I, that that feel might come out to be all right too. So I think he was second in a nice feel.
2: Yeah, I think you know he kind of had a he had a great trip, but the, Asmussen had a horse snuck through on the rail on us and uh, nailed us. Didn't nail us. He he flat out run us, but. Um, just one of those things, but I think the horse is really going to be all right. He's a good-looking colt. Will Secret, what's she up to now? Um, she got a little bit of a break because okay. she had a you know a great great year, third in the uh, Oaks. So we gave her a little time off.
0: She got some time off. Yeah, Will Secret just I mean she was her three-year-old season 11, 11 starts, three wins, earned over half a million dollars, and um, I, I, I liked her. I know you had her at Oakle on last year for the most part, yep. but really thought she was, uh, she was a tough tough filly. Um, so I look forward to getting her back. You getting her back for a four-year-old season next Absolutely. year? Absolutely, Good. Yeah. Good. What about Chess Chief? Chess Chief won the New Orleans Classic last year. Um, he was, That's his only win, actually, to date, was last year. But then he went toe-to-toe with Maxfield, I mean, running against the Monsters in his handicap division. Um, what's Chess Chief like as a horse overall? And, and, and I know he likes to track it to the fairgrounds. Yeah. So what do we going to see from him?
2: Yeah, listen, he's a big, tough horse. You know, he's by into mischief. He's a great two winner was trying to win a grade one with him just couldn't get it done he did compete you know respectively but uh we're gonna
0: uh hopefully match up good in the tenacious coming up right after christmas okay great good because so we'll see him in the tenacious um give us a little we, we mentioned ben diesel but um ben diesel is another cult here that you you could have some fun with and you know, he obviously likes churchill downs you ran him back thanksgiving um weekend in the kentucky jockey club he yeah. had a wide post that day right um you know he stalked the pace he kind of made his bid in between and just kind of just kind of weakened but his number i mean if you go by figures depending what you look at he actually got a better number um in that race running fourth than what he did breaking his maiden so there's some improvement there what do we what do we see out of ben diesel well he's a colt that's uh that like you said he broke his maiden
2: good and uh the the family that owns him is the hortons so they like arkansas so he's up at uh, arkansas they like their horses there like will secret and Mm-hmm. um t- long range toddy those type of horses so he's there probably running the smarty jones might come back down might come down here for the louisiana derby just don't know yet but he's a really nice colt, homebred
0: you've had yeah the will take charges right for the hortons you've had a few of those now they seem Two. like they, they seem like tough horses right i mean i mean it's just the way they're built or whatnot but they seem like pretty tough pretty tough horses that offspring has
2: yeah i mean it's pretty neat mr horton raced. uh I Will take charge. I actually picked him out for him when he was a girl and didn't get the training. One thing led to the next. Wayne Lucas trained him, did a great job with him. And, uh, but hey, I got a couple of his babies, they're doing well, and so
0: I'm happy. So let's have a little fun here. Um, because I asked a couple of years ago, I had asked Musin on and Pochet and went over a couple of things. But do you like to bet a little bit? No, you don't bet at all? Not at all. Okay, do you have um. Do you have any any stories of getting in a cow or anything like that? Any, any gambling stories on the Dallas Stewart horses? Do you know of guys that maybe scored out on one of your horses in a pick six? Oh,
2: no. The biggest one would be uh, Lemons Forever. About you know, years. I have guys, I, or ladies, one lady came up to me last year <laughs> and gave me a big old hug. She says, I made 21000 on you. She says, you see that guy right there? Put him through high school. I mean, you wow. have all these stories because she paid like $97. Yeah, and, yeah.
0: I mean, just over and over. The 2006... Mm, Lemons forever. Kentucky Oaks. Lemons forever. Yep. Um, Nosed out, nosed out Ermine. I remember Ermine being in there for Ronnie Warner. Warner. Ronnie Ronnie Warner's horse. But that was a man, that was one where it was Mark Gidger. Mark Gidry, yeah. Who's now a steward here. Yep. Rode the hair off of her. (laughs) Unbelievable. Come fly. I think it confused the announcer at the time, too. Like, uh, uh, And and this is Lemons forever. It was just unbelievable. But yeah, that that race seems like it's talked about in in, in horse racing lore wherever you go. I imagine that follows you. Yep. Um, let's get to the family a little bit. Two sons, Wesley and Cole. We touched on them a little earlier, and obviously your wife, wife Yvette. But how old, um, how old are Wesley and Cole now? And we talked about them having a racing bug. But I know as a teenager, um, they're past their teenager years. But you know, people like to say you came up under under Lucas and all that. But you were actually an exercise rider down here for Connie Tatisero, right? I mean, yeah,
2: he, Connie he had big was influence. my Connie was my man. I started with him when I was probably, I don't know, eighteen, seventeen, and worked for him till I was uh, twenty four, twenty five. And we were riding right that barn, barn four, and uh man, he was a great teacher. He was meticulous about horses' legs and the things that need to be done to, you know, I still do a lot of it that I learned from him. So he uh he was a great teacher and then I like you said I went to work for Lucas at twenty six and um yeah, we have two boys. We have Cole who is twenty one and we have Wesley who is thirty. And uh, they enjoy racing, but it's just not something that they want to do on a full time.
0: Now so, Wesley, um, I imagine when uh, my parents it's interesting because they uh they told me i have a sister and i always used to joke about, you know, she was the most favorite child and it's amazing once i had a kid i became her favorite child because huh. I, made, I made her a grandparent so now huh. i'm the favorite yeah. child i imagine uh wesley might be in that boat for you now huh
2: yeah we're blessed uh, actually him and his wife they're
0: in the hospital
2: in nashville tennessee having a, a little boy that's so. awesome.
0: That's awesome. So hopefully you get up there soon to, yes. to see him first grandchild, yes. for Dallas Stewart. Man, yes. it's amazing how things just life goes on, huh? Life keeps ticking, brother. Yep, no doubt about it. Cole's, uh, you said in Louisville going to school. He at a little church. Y'all know he's in the barn with it. That'd right. be fun having having a son in the barn too. Yeah,
2: absolutely. You know it really was. He just came up to me and said he learned to. He wants to walk horses, learn to ride. This was like a year or so ago, over a year. And he had never really been experienced with horses, but he sucked it up, and he did it, and he learned how to ride. And he worked for me for a year, showed up there on time, never complained, did everything everybody else does, and um, very respectful. And I'm happy that he helped me out, and it was
0: fun, but he's got to find out what he wants to do like anybody else. Well, Dallas, we're happy that um, you took the time to come on the Fairgrounds podcast here with me. Best of luck at this meet. Best of luck up at Oaklawn. Especially best of luck with that grandbaby. Uh, they they change your life. So, um, <laughs> Well, that'll wrap things up here, to, uh, here at the front side of the fairgrounds. We're taping this. My thanks to trainer Dallas Stewart. Check back later this week as Mike Deliberto and I preview Louisiana Champions Day this Saturday at the fairgrounds. And you can follow Dallas on Twitter at DallasStewart3. And uh, my handle is ShexNola. For all the latest action on fairgrounds, also check out FGNO.com. Thanks, everybody. History and horse racing means something, and the folks at Louisiana Craft Butchers can certainly tell you about horse racing in New Orleans. Another historic element in New Orleans is the food culture, and at Louisiana Craft Butchers, they specialize in delivering the perfect meats for all your needs, whether it is a tailgate extravaganza, watching football at home with friends, or holiday feasts. Louisiana Craft Butchers offers it all from boudin, hogshead cheese, and tamales to selling over 20 different sausages, including the New Orleans favorite Palmasano homemade Italian sausage, which is a family recipe of Angelo Palmasano Sr. and his wife dating back to the 1940s. Don't take my word for it. Check it out for yourself. Louisiana Craft Butchers out in Kenner. Check them out at lacraftbutchers.com or give them a call, 504 466 9788 That's 504 504- 4669788, or online at LAcraftbutchers.com.